It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm playing nothing but 1970s music in the second hour here on Nuanas Now. And little did I know that one of the most iconic people of the 1970s and arguably one of the most iconic sports figures of the 20th century, Robert Montgomery Knight, better known as Bobby Knight, would pass away today during the uh, middle of this show. Uh, Coach Knight, the general, was 83 years old. So uh, it's a coincidence that we're playing 1970s music on the day of Bobby Knight's passing, but uh, fitting nonetheless. Welcome back. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. When my time on earth is gone and my activities have passed, I want them to bury me upside down so my critics can kiss my beep. That is one of Bobby Knight's all-time famous quotes. He you know, it, it's certainly sad anytime anybody passes away. But you talk about a man who accomplished an unbelievable amount of things, had an unbelievable amount of influences, lived until he was 83 years old. And if there's somebody that did it their way more than Bobby Knight, I'd love to meet him. Because this guy did it his way absolutely from start to finish. It's time for our ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. And our ESPN Roundtable today, we, we're going to talk about the, the film Native Ball, a documentary about Lady Grizz great Malia Kipp, who's a trailblazer from the Blackfeet Nation who came to Missoula from Browning to play for Robin Selvig in the late 80s, early 1990s, and certainly blazed a trail for many other great Native American basketball players, especially women uh, in the Treasure State. And we also have some thoughts just about the cultural significance of basketball on uh, reservations in Montana as well as uh, to Native American peoples. I want to spend just a, a brief moment in time uh, talking a little bit more uh, about Bobby Knight. And in fact, I just want to read you this. This is from Dan Wetzel, who's a uh, national columnist for Yahoo Sports. And this is a tremendous piece of writing. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to read uh, the first little bit of this because I just think that he puts this so poignantly into perspective. Uh, just Bobby Knight and the captivating character that he was, particularly throughout his coaching career, but throughout uh, most of his life. Our ESPN Roundtable is proudly presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, great place to gather with family and friends alike. They have breakfast, lunch, dinner, 22 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers. No matter what game you want to watch, they'll have it on for you. Check them out on Brook Street, 3621 Brook Street to be specific. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest spot, hot spot. From Dan Wetzel. He was brilliant. He was a bully. He coached some of the most perfectly disciplined basketball ever played and then acted undisciplined in his own life. He was American original and a cultural touchstone with oversized impact 
in ways good and, yes, sometimes less so. You could say Bob Knight was a product of his time, but even half a century ago, he pushed the edges of proper conduct. Attempting, say, to beat down the door to the referee's dressing room was still frowned upon some 55 years ago back in the 1970 NIT as well. Complicated? Certainly. They don't get much more complicated than Robert Montgomery Knight, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He combined a demanding will and a legendary temper to become as famous for his authoritarian outbursts as decades of dominance highlighted by three national college basketball titles. Knight died on Wednesday at his home in Bloomington, Indiana, after a lengthy illness, his family announced. The Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer was 83. You can't write the history of basketball, or perhaps even the history of this country, without mentioning Coach Knight. It's not merely for his accomplishments, but the way his teams embodied and then inspired in others the ideal that teamwork can produce a whole better than its parts. Knight won 902 games between his time at Army from 1965 to 1971, Indiana from 1971 until 2000, and Texas Tech from 2001 until 2008. It was with the Hoosiers that he won those three NCAA men's basketball championships, including coaching the sport's most recent undefeated team in 1976. Knight was among the last of a certain breed, a terrifying tyrant, seemingly incapable of interacting with the outside world, Yes, yet also a skilled and masterful teacher and loyal supporter for all who managed to survive playing for him. He was nicknamed the General, for now he carried himself and his coaching roots from West Point, and in truth, he was as unforgiving as a drill sergeant. Knight was a volcano, always ready to erupt, Part of what made him a larger-than-life character, a must-watch sideline star during some of college hoops' most glorious eras. He was a colorful storyteller with a caustic wit and, if you wished, an abundance of charm. He was, if nothing else, incredibly and indelibly entertaining. There was the right way to do things, and it was namely and always Bobby Knight's way. The game would be played with discipline, fundamentals, toughness, smarts, preparation, respect, and always featuring man-to-man defense. Everything else was just a distraction and someone getting in the way. He cared little for the criticism. Knight was clever, crude, and in-your-face, and he won, and he won, and he won some more. He also choked a player. He threw a chair. He once stuffed a heckling LSU fan in a garbage can. He coveted the chance to do the same to most referees and reporters because if there was one thing that generally uh, that was generally certain was Knight truly never settled on it was the profession was uh, that those people in that profession were incompetent all of us learn to write in second grade he said to the media most of us go on to greater and better things you can read this whole column and obituary from Dan Wetzel at uh, Yahoo Sports but I thought that was uh, a a wonderfully uh, written and also very very accurate rendition of of the general Bobby Knight uh, dead at the age of 83. Certainly one of the great icons in, in all of sport. I mean, I mentioned it in the first hour, but Bobby Knight certainly spent a lot of time in Montana. He had a home in Ennis. He would spend much, if not almost all of his free time in his later years, either fishing the Madison or, or hunting somewhere down around that area in Madison County. I got a chance to sit down with Coach Knight and interview him twice during my career. And certainly... Uh, two of the most memorable uh, interactions I've ever had. And it's not just because he's iconic and famous. It's because he was so exactly on brand and exactly what you thought he was going to be. 
And so I think that is the definition of a life well lived. If, if you truly can have true confidence in yourself to be who you are unwaveringly, no matter what the world thinks of you, and do it your own way, I mean, flexibility and, and adjustments and working with others, those are all very important parts of being a human. But it's impossible to say that Bobby, Howe, uh, that Bobby Knight excuse me, did not leave uh, his mark uh, on the world. And even for all of his failings and all of his um, downfalls, certainly uh, an unforgettable character that left the world uh, a better place. So uh, rest in peace to Robert Montgomery Knight, one of the great college figures in the history uh, of American sport. So is now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Tonight at the UC Theater, the documentary film, Native Ball, debuts. It, it, was at, uh, it actually debuted at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival last February. But now uh, the, the film festival tours are over, and it's getting repurposed now for the masses to see. So this will be film, or be uh, excuse me, screened at the uh, UC Theater tonight, and then it'll debut on Montana PBS tomorrow at 7.30. The film is about Malia Kipp, a Lady Grizz great who hails from Browning, a proud member of the Blackfeet Nation. The documentary is also made by Missoula native and former Lady Grizz herself, Megan Harrington. Malia and Megan were in studio with us before this film debuted at the DocFest. Here's a portion of that interview here on the ESPN Roundtable. Malia, just talk about that element of things. I mean, Native American uh, culture, is, especially in Montana, is so surrounded around basketball. It's such a huge part of life on the reservation. Why do you think that is, though? And when did you first kind of gravitate towards it? When did you first realize this was such a great outlet for you? Um, I, growing up on the res, everybody, like, it's, like... But we always do. Everybody had a ball. Right. And, and my dad um, was someone that, you know, he had opportunities to go, you know, went to call, you know, in the documentary, we'll talk about that. And my dad will touch on that as well. But it's just, um, I want to say, like, if you really want to go back in time, it had to go back to when, um, you know, uh, the... Fort Shaw? Yeah, Fort Shaw. The Fort Shaw ladies when they were national champions. And it was just something that, you know, as natives that we've... Yeah, everybody plays their game a little bit different. Whatever it is that you play and whatever you do in life, it's a little bit different. And um, But native ball, it's it's in-your-face defense, you know, and it's run and gun. And it's fun. It's fun to watch and it's fun to play. And... um, yeah, so I guess gravitating towards that, it was it was just um, something that I was that has always been part of my life, you know. And it wasn't anything that I gravitated. I mean, I don't want to say gravitated to. I mean, but essentially, it was something that was always part of my life. It was natural. It was what I was going to do or what I enjoy doing, and I have always, and I'm blessed that I got to continue to do that after high school. ESPN Roundtable. 
couple gals as part of the Big Side Documentary Film Festival. Join us in studio, Megan Harrington, the filmmaker Malia Kitt, former Lady Grizz legend. The film is Native Ball, Legacy of a Trailblazer. Do, do you still get, do you get a chance to follow high school hoops or hoops from up on the res at all still I, these I, days? I, I do as best as I can. Browning is really good in both men's and both boys and girls basketball this year, which they, is really they, cool. I know, and I there I want to say divisionals are in Ronan, and that's mm-hmm. where I am. And so oh, very cool. Yes, so I definitely the last time that they were there in town, I was there, and it's always nice because you know there's poor boy Croft who was my first basketball coach, and he's coaching those ladies still. I love it. And um, he, and it's just, yeah, just the circle of life and um, connecting dots and things that you've mentioned and Megan and just everybody. You know, Krista, like we all have like these connections that are so like unique but special and it's for a reason. You know? Very cool. Hart Butte, also a team from up on the yes. Blackie Reservation that's having an outstanding year as well. I think their boys remain undefeated. So when it gets to be tournament time, uh, that's going to be pretty darn cool. Uh, Megan, you playing for the Lady Grizz, you saw directly firsthand while you were playing how impactful these stories were and the opportunities that a lot of these gals from the reservation was given. How did your perspective on that change when you made the film or did it at all? I mean, what sort of things did you sort of remember from the past and now use in the making of this film? Well, I wish I could tell you that I understood what what they were going through and I understood what the burdens they were carrying. I didn't. And so in making this, I gained a really deeper appreciation for what Malia was able to accomplish. That She was playing for the University of Montana, but she was playing for her family, for her tribe, for her community. I mean, it was just so much deeper and I had no clue None at all. And then the other girls that came through. So for me, it's been a gift. It's been so inspiring. Um, and I hope that when people see it, it's, it's, it's an evergreen story. You know, it's a story about courage and perseverance. And these things are still happening when kids from the reservation go to school and they're still facing. We've heard people say, you know, I still, I still struggle with that. Or yeah. you know, I still, so for me, I just hope it, like it did for me, I hope it opens eyes to what they are able to accomplish and, and how they are able to do it. I had a great conversation with Raekwon Battle a couple weeks ago, and he's an outstanding Native American basketball player at Montana State right now, but he's from the Tulip Reservation in Western Washington. He's the first person to ever come off of his reservation to play Division I basketball, and, and now he's one of the best players in the Big Sky Conference, and it's amazing to hear. When it comes to that, though, you are mm-hmm. playing for so much more than yourself when you're in this situation. How did you deal with that? Because it comes with a lot of glory, but also a ton of pressure. Yeah. Um, I know. I'm. I um, <laughs> doing this really like a lot of things I suppressed. Things I just. But my goal is to do. Ultimately, it was to do what I wanted, like what I loved, and I didn't care what people said or how people. I mean, I. I, I don't want to say I didn't care. Like it did have a toll on me but ultimately I just I just did what I wanted to do and what made me happy and that's what everybody needs to do like I don't whatever you want to do in life if it makes you happy freaking do it it's great advice and such good perspective the film 
At Native Ball, Legacy of a Trailblazer, Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. This film screens tomorrow, uh, on Thursday, that is. Today's Wednesday, right? I'm not, I don't even know what day it is. Tomorrow, Thursday, uh, February 23rd it's, at 4 p.m. It's Monday. No. <laughs> right? uh, it's somebody's Monday. It's somebody's Monday, that's right. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow afternoon, excuse me, at the Zach, the Zootown Arts Community Center. And then it screens again on Saturday. Uh, at the Wilma at 3 p.m. So uh, if you have the opportunity, please go check this film out. You can find out everything uh, about all these f- great films at BigSkyFilmFest.org. Uh, Megan, what was the most challenging part uh, of making this documentary? Oh, well, <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> no, it was not your sister. Uh, it, everything is challenging about it, but for personal stories and a story about someone, a real person, right. it's, the, it's the weight of making sure it's well, that the, the time and the love and the support, uh, the whole team came together. That's what's most important. This is someone's real life. This isn't just, hey, let's make a film and tell a story. It's like, we want to come alongside and be part of that story. And so the weight of that was like, I remember watching with me and I'm like, oh, I wonder what she's thinking because we wanted to screen it for her before. Right. And, um, so the weight, that, that was probably the biggest thing is making sure it was done well and that she would appreciate it. Without any spoiler alerts, what did you think when you saw the film? Is it weird watching yourself on, on a movie? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> could you have someone make me look good? <laughs> make sure my hair look good. No, but what? It, just to um, speak on and to really pronounce what Megan was talking about is anybody could have filmed. Like, I, I, I still feel like Everybody has a story to tell. Right. Everybody has a story, a struggle. And um, I am, after watching it, like, I, I felt like it was an honor. Like, how Megan was culturally sensitive. She took everything into perspective. The way she told it, like, anybody could have told it. But how she did actually is going to... It makes people think, and and um, that's where I I feel blessed, and I feel like really honored, and I'm just like so proud. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of myself. This is this one. It's me. As you should be. ESPN Roundtable here on Nuanas now uh, on ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula, Paradise Falls, located on the south side of town. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Great place to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check them out. Thirty six twenty one Brook Street. See, we got a direct endorsement from a former lady, Grizz. Uh, Malia, you're wearing Malia Kip and uh, Megan Harrington in studio, by the way. The, the, uh, the film is Native Ball, the uh, legacy of a trailblazer, and uh, two screenings coming up here in Missoula as part of the Big Sky Doc Fest. One tomorrow, 4 p.m. at the Zootown Arts and Community Center, and then another at 3 p.m. Uh, on Saturday. You're wearing your N7 shirt. Uh, really cool gear. You gotta love it. I thought the N7. I thought the uh, N7 weekend uh, both times for both the gals and the and the guys was really well done. The turquoise jerseys are sick. I think that they should maybe put them in the rotation permanently. But that was also so cool to see the reunion for you and, and several of the other former uh, Lady Grizz that uh, come from Native American backgrounds. And you guys gave Coach Selvig the, the blanket. So I mean, just tell us. I mean, that must have been a crazy full circle moment for you to to get to be honored and also honor Coach Selvig. Oh yeah, no, I it was it was wonderful, and I finally had an opportunity when they um, did the naming of um, the official naming of the court after Rob to have to be able to com- to address the Lady Grizz, and I and I told them I said you guys represented really well wearing those jerseys, what you guys did, the work on the floor, and you're just you played. How 
Rob would have wanted you to play. And I and they were just like, what? That's so nice of you to say. And, and, and But I just wanted to let him know that I was really, like, we didn't get to see much of them, but no. The fact that they, no, they represented, they carried, they they did well in wearing those N7 jerseys and representing us like, like that and playing hard and winning at home and then the fans and everybody and just everything. It was, oh, <laughs> I wish I could do it over again. <laughs> We talked about just the, the element of, of playing for something bigger than yourself, but that was also, I mean, that's why this is a, subtitled as a trailblazer, because you really did set the, the pace and sort of break through for a lot of these gals that came after you, and it was cool seeing them and how much they admired you and, and all of that. Have you reconciled yourself with, like, being sort of a trailblazer? I mean, that must, I mean it's such an honor for you, right? But also, I mean, the, the history speaks for itself. What was really, okay. So what I, what, what really capped, what really got to my heart and made me realize that was um, when I when I went to the official naming of Rob of the court for Rob and walking in and seeing my my teammates that I haven't seen in years but those, those were the people that actually made the difference like they were the makers of the breakers yeah and seeing those people and having the opportunity to introduce them to the people that I love and are important to me and my family. And um, getting to share, like, for example, Carla Beatty. Mm. Um, I'm going to share the story right quick. Um, so my freshman year, Rob said, everybody um, grab your shooting partners. And everybody was just grabbing shooting partners. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to be picked last. But Carla Beatty, she made sure I was not picked last. And we were shooting partners. Um, Till the end of our careers, and we were seniors together, and we won you know, our big state conference too. And um, just the, just those random acts of kindness, like what she did, and I finally got to give her a hug and tell her thank you, like how important that was to me. Um, that the difference that that made in what I could accomplish and continue to go forward when I felt like I couldn't was people like her, and she wasn't the only one. You know, she, but but she was the first. <laughs> she was number one, and then you know, those things that people do that they don't even know that could make or break somebody. Again, the film Native Ball is uh, out now. It'll be screened tonight at the uh, UC Theater down there at the University of Montana campus. And it will also debut on Montana PBS at 7.30 p.m. tomorrow. Malia Kipp, certainly a, a trailblazer. And uh, just the dynamic of basketball as a mechanism for coming-of-age ceremony for Indigenous peoples in Montana is a very important story, one that certainly captivated me and had a huge influence on my career. And uh, this is a, a documentary that they have a lot to be proud of in making it. And oh, by the way, it's also just... Really well done and really, really entertaining. So if you have a chance, check it out, uh, particularly if you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. It'll be screening on Montana PBS uh, relatively often over the next uh, coming weeks and months, but debuts tomorrow at 7.30 uh, on Montana PBS. That's our ESPN Roundtable. It's probably presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. 
Paradise Falls has some of the best breakfasts in town. It's just money. They got so many good things over there. It's just standard, quick, delicious, affordable. They also have a very diverse menu with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Go check them out there on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We'll take a look at Northern Arizona. We'll take a look at Sac State. Both the Lumberjacks and the Hornets are in Montana this week. Our first looks are next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah. but we can facilitate that. <laughs> right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I wish it was going to be way colder this weekend for a lot of reasons. Most of all, I just love the uh, the acclimation process for any and everybody that's new around here. <laughs> but also, you got a, one team from the from a dome from Flagstaff, Arizona, coming up here to play in Bozeman, and you got another team from sunshiny Sacramento, California, coming up here to play under the lights at Washington Grizzly Stadium. It's going to be in like the high 30s to low 40s, which is certainly cold for these teams. But I wish it was going to be colder because it's just it's just. It's just funny and fun when you have bad weather and teams from good weather places playing in the bad weather against guys from Montana that are used to it. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for tuning in here. It's time for our first look. We'll take a look at Northern Arizona, who's in Bozeman on Saturday, and uh, Sac State, who's in Missoula on Saturday evening. Let's start with the Lumberjacks. They're 3-2 and two in league, 3-5 and five overall. They had a bad start to the year, 0-3 right out the gates in the non-conference. But then they got it going a little bit. They beat the Grizz in their conference opener. Took Sac State down the Y, only lost by one point in that game. Beat a ranked Weber State team. Then they stubbed their toe bad against Portland State. Got blown out there in the City of Roses. And then got uh, back on track by beating a ranked UC Davis team handily last week. So a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde. For uh, NAU, but they certainly have risen to the level of competition in Big Sky play. Uh, won three ranked games and also took Sac State all the way down the wire. Here's Brett Vegan's initial thoughts, uh, Montana State head football coach on NAU. NAU, Northern Arizona, uh, you know, they're a, they've been a team that have, have come up with three victories this year, all against ranked teams, um, at least ranked teams when they played them, you know, defeating uh, Montana, defeating Weber, and last weekend beating UC Davis. So very, uh, very capable, dangerous team, um, you know, and I think we saw firsthand how uh, capable and dangerous they could be last year when we went down to NAU, and ultimately we squeaked squeaked a win out. They, uh, you know, they they have a lot of, uh, I think, talented players on both sides of the football. Um, I know offensively they continue to try to find themselves as they've moved through the quarterbacks. They've played kind of three quarterbacks um, as it stands right now, and it made the switch at halftime. Uh, to Flores this past weekend. And, you know, uh, the last two guys, DeMonte and Flores, are quite a bit different. Um, I think you can look at the stat sheet and and see that, but they rolled with Flores and he did a good job, a good job in that second half making plays for them. And defensively, uh, they, they line up all kinds of different ways. Um, 
you know, they'll they'll bring pressure. They'll 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 rush three. They'll have success with both. They'll they'll cover um, with eight in the back end. They'll play man to man. They'll be really aggressive all at the same time. So very multiple uh, in their defense and and you know provides challenges because they're certainly not going to be lined up the same way from one play to the next. Um, but you know, all that being said, this this week needs to be about us, um, our ability to to take on a new opponent, and just living this this world right now of of. Not wondering about what last week's loss did to us in the grand scheme of things. Um, just uh, bouncing back from it and finding a way to uh, get a victory against NAU and um, going on from there. And I, I think our guys, uh, you know, uh, came in this morning and, and watched the film and <clears throat> uh, took that message to heart and went to work. Team like NAU, their record could be kind of a little misleading. You know, they have the wins you mentioned, but also that Sac State game went down to the wire. Yep. I guess how do you kind of approach a team that's three and five, but has shown they can hang with the ranking? Well, I think the first thing you do is, hey, guys, remember that game last year? I think that's that's as simple as it comes. I mean, it was about the same point in time of the season. Um, in fact, it was. It was our ninth game last year. So I, we got to expect their best and, and understand that their best is, is good enough to beat anybody in this league. Um you know why they've lost five games, and you look at that a little bit too. But you look at okay, how do they, how they win three games? How do they take uh, Sac State down to the wire? What are the things they've done in those games to make it really hard on their on their opponents and and present that to the guys and and go from there? I, I think uh, you know they're a, shoot, they're a more than capable team that has has our full attention in large part because of that game last year. You mentioned they used a couple of different quarterbacks this year. I guess how has their offense differed maybe from what they used at our day last year? Well, uh, he was pretty, pretty unique. I, I think at, at the tail end of the year, I would have said he was playing quarterback as well as anybody in our conference. Um, and you know, his ability to get the ball out quick, accurately. I mean, he threw for over 400 yards against us that that day, and it was it was awfully impressive. Uh, and then athletic enough to make make plays as well. You know, they're they're mixing a match, and and really through the conference season, Demonte had been their guy, and then they they make that switch to uh, Flores at halftime um, this past week. And you know, Flores has been playing situationally. Um, so I would say quite a bit different. They have the same you know, couple guys I know that, that really killed us that night to throw the ball to. Uh, so I think they're more than capable of, of, of doing some of the things, but they are blending in you know, more of the run game. Um, and then with Flores, certainly more of the quarterback run game. And defensively, you mentioned their defensive front. I've only watched them three times, but it looks like they do a lot of moving around, stunting and stuff like that. Is that is that sort of the key to what they do in terms of bringing pressure? Yeah, I think it's I think it's that. Yeah, they line up a lot of different ways. They 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 twist. You know, to your point, um, they involve their linebackers with some pressures to get different numbers, number number of advantages, um, and they got some good players doing it too. It's not just uh, you know they're doing this with with average guys, they got some good players that they're uh, creating confusion and those guys are taking advantage of those, uh, those opportunities. So, um, you know, it'd be really important that we offensively stay in advantageous down in distances, something we haven't done a great job. You know, I think in particular the last couple of first halves of games, um, you know, and, and uh, hopefully we got a chance to run our whole complement of offense versus a game like last week where it was a pretty narrow part of it. First look presented by Town Pump. Town Pump, roll the wild by the mile, back for yet another year. Town Pump has gotten us all over the place, including to Moscow two times in the last three weeks. 
got some of our crew at Skyline Sports down to Sacramento as well and has got us at ESPN Radio uh, to a variety of different places as well. Missoula, Bozeman, uh, Cheney, Moscow, Ogden. We've been all over the place. We appreciate Town Pump for keeping us fueled up all season long. They are the presenter of our first looks each week. Let's hear about Sac State. They're in town Saturday night to play Montana in Missoula. Here's Bobby Houck, Braxton Hill, and Junior Bergen on the Hornets. Sac's uh, a really good team. Um, they've played well against us the last few years. Um, they blew out Idaho State last weekend. Uh, so, you know, I think they've played really well in all three phases of the game. Offense, defense, kicking. Um, quarterback's <coughs> dynamic. Um, defensive line is, is a load and hard to handle. I think they're terrific. I think that uh, obviously, you know, it's a night game in November. Probably a little chilly, but it should be a good game. For both the players and could start with Junior. Um, first time this season you guys have a ranked opponent coming into your home stadium here. What's the excitement level like for a game like that? Um, we're always excited to play a ranked opponent. Um, you know, really test us, and uh, it's nice to have it out in front of all, all of our fans this time. Um, you know, it's November, it's getting cold. Um, you know, they're going to show out and be loud, and we're just excited for all that. Yeah, like like Junior said, you know, it's going to be a, a cold November game. Um, but, you know, we're, whether we play a ranked opponent or an unranked opponent, we we approach that week the same way. Um, so we just got to, you know, prepare prepare great all week and then um, get ready for a, a cold cold game inside the stadium Saturday. So it's actually start offensively. Um, are they similar to last year and do they run some of the same stuff or are they a little bit different with uh, I'd have to look at last year to refresh my memory but I can tell you what they do this year um, they uh, they're a higher percentage uh, 11 personnel but they'll, they'll mix in 12 and 20 and 13 so they've got a pretty uh, broad spectrum in terms of personnel groups uh, I think the quarterbacks are really dynamic players I mentioned uh, he can run it. He can throw it. Uh, they've got some big body guys that can uh, can catch the ball down the field. And then uh, they, uh, I mean, their, their rushing numbers are awfully good as well. So they're balanced attack, uh, and they're going to be hard to stop. Sacramento State, we have, though, a live guest joining us. We were uh, going to maybe hear a couple quotes from Braxton Hill as well about Zach Staple. Let's go to one of the other Highway 1 boys. He is on the Rangers Brothers Army phone line here on Nuanas now. It's Jackson Lee, a junior safety for Montana, and the guy who had a pick six last week uh, in Montana's 40 to nothing win over Northern Colorado. Jackson, thanks for taking a minute, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you, thank you. First of all, I talked to you in a little while. We talked to you back in the day when you were a high school guy and on, on your way to Montana, but it's been a couple of years. So um, th- just take us through the, this uh, breakout year you're in the midst of. I know you played uh, a little bit the last – actually quite a bit the last couple of years, but and now here you are playing a pretty prominent role in the Grizz defense. So uh, just take people through this, the, the hard work that went into it and uh, what's it like just you know getting an opportunity, an elevated opportunity there in Montana. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, basically, I mean, just kind of doing what the plan has been the whole time, just kind of waiting for a opportunity to get a showcase yourself. And uh, 
it's something that I think everyone here goes through. They just kind of go and they work and you don't hear about them for a couple of years. But then at some point, the work pays off and you get to see a little field time. Well, when you got the ball in your hands these last couple of weeks, uh, it, you looked like uh, back in the, the Flint Creek days, looked like you were playing eight-man again. So, <laughs> I mean, a lot of times defensive guys don't know where to go, but you had the ball so much in your hands in high school, both at uh, Flint Creek and at Missoula Sentinel, too. So, I mean, what was it like just having the ball back in your hands? It looked like you felt pretty comfortable. <laughs> uh, honestly, like, I don't know. I kind of like black out during those moments. It feels like it feels like I have no idea what's going on. It's just all of a sudden... The play starts, and all of a sudden, you're on the sideline celebrating. So, I mean, it, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it feels awesome, but he kind of just, I don't know, it just goes dark, and it just happens. It's weird. It certainly. I mean, that, that's one of the great parts about playing at Washington Grizzly Stadium, though, right? Oh, no doubt. Well, uh, take us through the defensive performance last week. I mean, Northern Colorado, obviously, a, a team that's struggled to find some wins this year. But 94 yards of total offense and zero points on the board, no matter who you're playing, you're going to be playing against air, and that's good numbers. So, I mean, what 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 went into last week's great defensive performance, and how are you guys able to, to post the shutout? And also, how much proud do you take in, the, in posting the shutout? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was a great defensive effort, great team effort, um, to say the least. But uh, whenever you have your defensive front linebackers landing on the quarterback repeatedly, he's going to just start coughing up footballs and, getting it out as fast as possible because he's getting sick of hit. So, I mean, that was just a great, great team effort, I guess. Everyone doing their 111th, and it leads to stuff like that, big shutouts. I mean, they're not easy to come by at all, so we got to celebrate that and uh, not take that for granted because that was a good win. Jackson Lee joining us here on Nuan is now part of our first look presented by Town Pump. Montana hosts Sac State on uh, Saturday evening at Washington Grizzly Stadium. It's definitely the game of the week in the Big Sky Conference and also probably on the FCS level other, other than North Dakota State, South Dakota State. So all eyes are going to be on uh, Missoula, Montana. Jackson is a Phillipsburg native. I love this new nickname you guys got. The Highway 1 boys, you and Braxton Hill. So funny. Coach Hawk was like, Riley Wilson brought it up at the press conference. And Coach Hawk was like, you've never been to Highway 1. But then Braxton Hill straightened him out and said, don't oh, know. Riley Wilson's been to Highway 1. We took him down there, showed him the showed him the ropes. But, I mean, on a serious note, just being from a small town, that's what makes Montana football so great is how many small town guys have made it big at, at the University of Montana. So, I mean, how much pride do you have just in representing Peberg? And, you know, what do you think of just uh, this new nickname, the Highway 1 boys? I mean, yeah, it's something that right when we got here, we just started calling each other because, I mean, I know Brax, and I was just a peewee, and he so is he, but uh, it it's really means a lot. I mean, this is what you grow up looking forward to do, and shame on Riley for not remembering Highway 1 because how could you forget <laughs> such a beautiful place? But, uh, yeah, it, it's awesome. I mean, it means a lot having the support, not just from family, but, like, community and everything. This is, this is what you grow up wanting to do. Well, it's awesome, and it's what uh, it's the stories that people live for when it comes to to Grizz football. Um, just take us through the, the 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 run you guys have been on. I mean, I know you always have high expectations there with Grizz football. Certainly, a tough start to the Big Sky Conference season down there in Flag. But you guys have certainly uh, turned it around and and surged now into November. So, what have been the biggest differences? How are you guys able to dominate the entire month of October? What do you think of this opportunity you have in front of you now, coming down the stretch here? I mean, yeah, obviously we had a good 3-0 start in non-conference play, but uh, a couple close ones, uh, they weren't pretty and got beat opening week against Flagstaff, and that really sucked, but it was kind of like a gut check. Like, 
this isn't going to be easy. We had our goals from the start, but they're not just going to be handed to you. And, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, he was a really good team. It's just not one that we fully expected that outcome, and it sucks. So, uh, it, good gut check, and we kind of needed it, and we're able to capitalize, which has been awesome. And uh, we just got to be more focused one game at a time. Don't overlook anybody. Don't don't prepare for anything else but the upcoming Saturday. So we're just going to focus in on Sac State. We're not even going to talk about anything that's after that and just go beat Sac State. That's that's all we're worried about right now. Well, certainly easy to focus when it's the number seven team in the country and a team that has a, a rare three-game winning streak against Montana. So, I mean, how much do the past matchups play into this one, and what do you think of just the matchup on Saturday night? I mean, yeah, they, they've had our number the past couple of years. Uh, two years ago here in the stadium and then last year we had a, another nail biter um but under the lights hopefully get a little cold and brisk in here and uh bring them out here and hopefully we can uh we can get a jump on them and play some montana football the montana football we have been playing the past couple of weeks well uh, last thing for you then when it comes to the matchup i mean caden bennett number one the quarterback he runs around all over the place they debuted a new uh, freshman quarterback last week very similar to what you guys had uh in kiali ayat coming in as well uh but i mean two quarterbacks that's not that uncommon these days what do you think of that part of the matchup uh how difficult is it to prepare when there's maybe multiple guys and multiple guys that can kind of run around I mean, yeah, the, the both very, very athletic quarterbacks, one being young. And I don't have much film on them yet, but, uh, yeah, we just got to do – I mean, we have a game plan set in. I mean, we just have to do our 111th every time, have great eye discipline, uh, discipline what we do, and uh, we just got to attack our objective and do it better than they do. And I think that if we do our jobs correctly, then we can – I mean, we can take on teams that have multiple quarterbacks. We just got to – we just got to do our job. Every every person has to do their own job. He's Jackson Lee, Phillipsburg native, Missoula Sentinel graduate, and uh, a junior safety there at the University of Montana, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Jax, thanks for being here, man, and best of luck on Saturday night. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I wondered how Jackson Lee would, would – uh, I, I knew he was going to be able to find a way to find a spot because he was an unbelievable high, high school football player. I mean, this dude was like – a one-man highlight film during his sophomore and junior year playing eight-man. But he was mostly an offensive guy, but then his junior year, he had something like 13 picks or something crazy. And so then I was like, okay, maybe play a little defense. Then Missoula Sentinel, they put him at running back, and so he he had to bore the load there. And I didn't know he was going to play in college. And then he got to Montana. He put on a bunch of weight. Probably I would argue he even put on too much weight. I probably would I should have asked him that because he got up to like 220. Well, now he's back down to about 208, which is just about perfect, and he's got his speed and the size, and uh, he's seeing it really well. It's pretty cool to see a, a Class C kid turned into uh, a, a Montana Grizz standout. So, is now ESPN Radio, back right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? 
Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. Missing the show? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, available on all of your podcast hosting platforms, and probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where their auger is all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Jam packed lineup tomorrow. Chris Ball from NAU, Marshall Martin from Sac State, Brooks Nuanas on the NFL, and much more. We'll see you then. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.